Tax strategies for both your business and personal lives is essential to keeping more of the money you make. Today on the Financial Operating Base podcast, we'll be discussing tax strategies with Brandon Cox, U.S. Army veteran and owner of BMC Accounting, a subject matter expert on all things tax. Welcome to the Financial Operating Base, a podcast and community to help you, the veteran entrepreneur, to navigate the terrain and accomplish your mission of business success. And today we have joining us Brandon Cox with BMC Accounting LLC. Brandon, how are you doing today? I'm doing quite well, man. How are you doing today? Very well. Thanks for taking the time. Thanks for joining us. Uh, to start off, why don't you tell us about your time in the military, um, kind of your journey, and what led you to advising, advising veteran entrepreneurs and, and starting your own business as well? Sure. So where I'm at now is definitely different than what I did when I was in the military. So I joined the uh, Army in 2007, right out of high school, and I went in as an MP, so military police officer. Uh, my first two years was a blast. You know, I had a good time. I was in Germany. All I did was law enforcement patrol, worked in, in the vehicles, foot patrol. Just had an overall good time. And then uh, I got sent to Fort Drum for about three weeks out in New York, and then immediately we got sent back over to Afghanistan. Uh, so I did a, a tour there in 2010 to 2011. And that was pretty much the same thing that most MPs usually do out there, training the Afghan forces and their police and kind of showing them how to do their job. So uh, that was pretty much my year spent over there. Then I came back and just did the normal uh, field work, did a lot of time going off to the field, doing training. I ended up getting my E5 a little bit after I got back from Afghanistan. And then the CID, uh, Criminal Investigations Division, was actually looking for people that were in PZ5 and below to hop on their crew for part of the drug suppression team. So I applied into that and got accepted. And the last three years I was in the Army, actually, I did undercover and covert drug operations uh, on the Fort Gump base. It was a really good time to be able to go out and buy a bunch of marijuana or cocaine or pills on the government's dime. It was kind of cool. So that was totally <laughs> where I'm at now, you know. <laughs> That is well said. That's awesome. That sounds entrepreneurial itself, to be honest with you. Yeah, it kind of is because the whole concept is like the way it would work out is like somebody would test hot on the urinalysis. That was usually the easiest way to catch people. And they come to our office and then we would try to flip them and get them to say who was selling it to them. And then we would go out and do controlled buys and then we'd build a case and then arrest them and everything like that. So you had to be able to talk to people and kind of get to know what makes them each individually tick and know what what it is that they want that's wild man that's wild so <laughs> so then you became an accountant yeah <laughs> so i when i got out in 2013 i actually i went to school for uh what i now call is just a really cool liberal arts degree is just the criminal justice degree it does it didn't do me any good i actually one class away from being able to have a bachelor's but i decided the last semester that uh, i was going to take some accounting electives just to kind of get my foot in the door in the business world and see what that looked like. And they talked about balance sheet and income statement, how they're tied together. And I was like, you know, that's kind of cool. And I could see how I could make myself a business doing this. And I just completely swapped over from criminal justice field to accounting and hadn't really looked back and I actually started my business while I was in college, uh, hoping to get 
uh, kind of a job afterwards in lieu of an internship because at the time I was uh, 25, I had a kid on the way, I didn't have, and I had a pretty decent paying job. I couldn't afford to quit my job and do an internship hoping that uh, that they would keep me after the internship and not just let me go because that happens a lot of times. So, uh, and I was also the one that carried the health insurance for the family, so I, I couldn't avoid doing that. Thought I'd start a business and that would be better. Nobody hiring thought that that was a good idea, but now I look back at it and don't really care because I'm doing quite well on my own. So can't complain with that. Hey, Brandon, it's Joe Sroken. Think about starting your business and think about how you're advising entrepreneurs now. What are some of the things they should proactively plan for regarding taxes when they're setting up their business that will help them avoid any issues down the road? Okay, yeah, that's a good question. So at the first would be to talk to somebody who actually knows what they're doing. Um, of course, do some research on your own to kind of verify what they're saying, but uh, Google is not a good doctor or a lawyer or an accountant. So whatever or, you or investment advisor. Yeah, that's a fact. So, um, you know, just because you see something online doesn't necessarily validate what the statement is. Um, there's a lot of misconceptions about differences between like LLCs or partnerships or S corporations. Uh, the most simple form for businesses to start out is an LLC. And that's what I recommend to people, even if they're going to become quite profitable in that first year, uh, because there's a lot more reporting requirements and stringent, uh, stringency by the IRS for other types of entities. So it's just easier to operate as like an LLC. So I, I tell people to do that form an LLC, get set up, and then also make sure you're always keeping track of record for your income expenses and receipts. Uh, without any documentation, first of all, you're not going to know how profitable you really are. Uh, and that's, that can sink a business quite quickly. And then also, too, if you are quite profitable and you're not making your estimated tax payments or you're not making any tax payments, uh, you're going to get a quite hefty tax bill at the end of the year. And I've seen that sink quite a few companies within the first year can you can you talk through some of the differences between the corporate structures llc c corp s corp sure. you know and what someone should think about when choosing one of those okay yeah absolutely so the most uh simple thing is a sole proprietorship and and actually the irs doesn't really look at llcs as an entity structure so you're either a sole proprietor a partnership an s corp and c corp uh for the most part those are the most basic types of entities so a single member LLC is by default a sole proprietor. Uh, so you'll file your tax return on Schedule C, goes with your tax return. It's not terribly complicated, but there's a lot of other tax strategies that can be involved in that. Now, if you have an LLC and you have two people, uh, you're a partnership by default unless you become a corporation. Now, the thing that's important to know about LLCs, whether you're a partnership, a sole proprietor, or just a, on a pure sole proprietor with no LLC status, is that you're going to pay self-employment tax on all of the earnings that you earn for the year. So if you have $50,000 in net income for the year, you're going to get $50,000 taxed for self-employment tax and for income tax. And that can be kind of heavy. So usually self-employment tax is more expensive for the lower income range companies because it's higher than the marginal income tax rate. Uh, and then S corporations adversely don't have that. So they do have to take a reasonable compensation, which is kind of hard to define. It's not actually written up in the Internal Revenue Code exactly what the formula to determine that is, but you have to take a salary. And then all the remaining portion of your net profit is only income tax, not self-employment tax. 
I tell people to start looking at that entity when you start getting around seventy dollars to $80,000 in net income for the year. Uh, that way you can start to become sustainable and be able to do that. And lastly, the C Corporation, uh, I usually tell people that there's few reasons you want to start as a C Corporation. Uh, usually one is if you have personal reasons, like if you have like child support, uh, people are coming after your personal income for that. It's good to separate it because a C Corp is the national taxpayer. So that company will pay its own taxes, whereas S Corp, Partnership, and LLC, none of them pay income taxes. The owners do. And then also with the C Corporation, too, is that the income tax rate on corporations are pretty low right now. They're only 21%. So if you know that you're going to become very, very profitable very quickly, it might be ideal to start off as a C Corporation to pay just less tax overall. Uh, and then the last reason that you'd want to be kind of a C Corp, generally speaking, is if you need a lot of equity uh, injection into the company. If you need people to buy stock and get money without having to finance it through a lender, that's usually a good option. Because technically, as a, as a corporation with equity uh, stock, you don't have any obligation to pay any of that money back. Uh, unlike a lending, if you take out a loan, you have an obligation to pay that money back. Brennan, you brought up some good points about what seemed to me to be growth of a business. When you start taking on some debt, perhaps, to grow your business, or you start taking on partners in the business with you, or just investors, as these things get more complicated for an entrepreneur, what are some other things they need to think about in terms of tax, not just with these uh, outside financing sources, but even as their number of employees grow? What, what are some other things they should keep in mind? That's a good question. So with like uh, employees, for example, a lot of people don't realize the amount of taxes that go into it. So you've got really four main taxes uh, that go into hiring an employee. You've got Social Security, you have Medicare, which is commonly called FICA or OASDI. Um, and then you also have FUDA, which is federal unemployment tax, and you also have state unemployment tax. So all four of those are an employer's liability. Now, Social Security and Medicare are split evenly between the employee and employer, but FUDA and state unemployment tax is entirely burdened by the employer. Uh, and most states generally start off at 2.7% for unemployment, and then the FUDA is 6%. Now, that falls off after a short while, but without considering that cost, uh, it can be substantial depending on how many employees you have. So I usually tell people if you have a $10 an hour employee that's working for you, chances are that that person actually costs the company about $11.50. So, and of course, as you pay more on an employee, that, that kind of that gap kind of widens out a little bit. Uh, so just hiring a $10 employee for 40 hours does not mean a four, $400 paycheck. It might actually mean about close to $500 for the cost of the company. And the big thing with that, and I've seen this in uh, two companies that I've worked with, is the federal trust fund recovery penalty. So if you don't make those payments for Social Security and Medicare, IRS is going to say, hey, you should have been making this payment, so we're going to nab you for the entire amount of Social Security and Medicare. And by the way, we're not going to let you do an installment agreement on this. You owe us this giant bill right now. Uh, and that has actually turned out quite a few companies uh, bankrupt. So that's something that's significantly important is to make sure that you automate things as much as possible. Like for example, uh, you know, if you use like QuickBooks, yeah, they have an option for self uh, payroll where you make the tax deposits yourself, but people tend to forget that or they tend to spend that money uh, on themselves or in the business when they should be paying the government that money and then it comes back later to bite them in the butt. But the full service one that takes care of it for you might only be, you know, $30 more a month. Yeah, you might have to bootstrap a little bit when you're first starting off, but 
taxes are the one thing really I think uh, that you don't want to default on because I, the first thing they'll do is they'll levy your bank accounts if you fail to pay for so long. They'll, they'll levy your assets and the first thing they do is your bank accounts and then they come after your equipment and everything else. Uh, so that can definitely be bad. Great stuff. This is what I see is so valuable about having subject matter experts like yourself or like the things that we do or like some of the other guests that we have on sharing this information. It shows the value of um, bringing in partners or outsourcing specific expertises like this because it's, it's like a minefield. There's so many things that you could stumble upon and get in trouble with if you're not aware of it. Um, but share with me a success story of, of a veteran business that you've worked with or an entrepreneur that you've worked with where, you know, there was, there was huge success in that partnership, your relationship. Oh, yeah, great. So I, I think the one that comes to mind the, the easiest is somebody that I worked with on this past uh, tax season for 2018's tax season. Uh, he had started to kind of try to do it on his own. And he came to me and was like, look, man, I owe like $23,000. And afford twenty three thousand dollars. There's no way that I should probably pay twenty three thousand dollars. But clearly, I'm not doing something right. So I said, "All right, no problem. Send me all the information you have. Send me everything you've got." And we were able to bring down his tax bill to about five thousand dollars. So that's a pretty huge shrink in the amount that he owed. Uh, and it was a lot of times is because he had to, he didn't know about certain things. Like for example, bonus depreciation. Bonus depreciation is if you buy an asset. And then nowadays it could be you, new or used. It used to only have to be new, but now it could be new or used property in a business that's an asset. You can write off 100% of that higher cost of that asset. And he had something that was worth $40,000 that he bought for the year. Um, and so we were able to use that to offset all of this tax debt. Uh, and the reason that this person had such a high tax debt wasn't even so much that they made a lot of money this year uh, or the past year, 2018, is because they took money from their 401k to start the company up. And they had a ton of penalties and that got added into income. So that was part of income tax. So out of that 20,000 yield, probably 15,000 of it was penalties alone, which we were able to bring down substantially through that. So knowing these, you know, common tasks, I think for taxes is a good way to save yourself money. So someone that might've paid me five or $600 to do their taxes, saved themselves $15,000. You, we appreciate the energy you bring into the call. It's very motivating and it's very exciting to know that uh, a subject that maybe people would say, oh, accounting, I don't want to know anything about it. Taxes, I don't want to know anything about it. But you, you make it fun and it's very engaging. Um, well, thank you. I try, to, I try to do that as much because I know how dry and boring people think accounting and taxes is. And, and it can be at times, you know, but I, I like to do as much client education and make it as simple for, for all my clients to understand some of these more complicated things. Uh, it just makes it better for them overall because then they can make uh, a much better and wiser business decision based off the knowledge they have. I agree. And uh, we, we appreciate your inspiration. Um, is there a sort of an inspirational quote that you have or a leadership concept that you think about that helps guide and inspire you every day when you get up to go out and work? Sure. So one of the guys that I, I kind of like, um, I don't really like to do like uh, fanfare with particular individuals. I never really attach myself to people and go, oh, wow, this person's like the god of whatever. Uh, but one person I really like in business is Richard Branson. And a lot of it's because of his story of where he started and how he got to where he is. 
Uh, and one of the quotes that he has is, I always believe that the way you treat your employees is the way you will treat your customers and that people flourish when they are praised. And I do that with all of my clients. I treat them just like as though they're my employees as well, too, uh, because you have to provide that good value, that service to them. Just simply putting X's in the box and checking them off isn't enough for, for really any company or any business to know what to do for the following year or what pitfalls to make, you know, or what pitfalls that they made for the prior year. So I like to treat everybody as though they're part of my business. I like to put myself in their shoes and go, okay, well, what would I do if I was this business owner? That is great stuff. I love that perspective of um, encouragement and praise and treating people the way that they should be treated um, and, and just really being rooted in servant leadership. So I love that. That's great stuff. Um, how can those listening to this episode get in touch with you? Sure. So the easiest way is to go on my website, uh, which is bmcaccountingllc.com. Uh, on there, there's all sorts of resources. I've got free calculators that you can use to check out for like amortization, whether you should refinance uh, just on the home screen. And also too, uh, there talks about what different services I offer, what the prices are usually, so you can get a good idea on whether or not it's time to outsource it financially. And then also too, there's a contact page on there. So you can reach out to me personally as well. Awesome. And, and you'll be attending the Military Influencer Conference, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I look forward to it. I bought the tickets. I bought, as soon as they released them, I probably was one of the first people that bought them. I didn't get the chance to go to the Mick Orlando because by the time I had heard about it, it was kind of too late for me to uh, get on that, on that train. But uh, definitely ready for D.C. this year. Well, we will see you there. Hey, thanks for taking the time and joining, uh, joining us today. It's been great. Absolutely. Appreciate it, guys. It's always a pleasure talking to you guys. Jeff, you and I both have MBA degrees. And I have to tell you, I learned a lot of information from Brandon today. You know, thinking about sole proprietorship versus S-Corp or bonus depreciation or, you know, Medicare tax, that's not something a business owner wants to spend their time on when they would rather be, you know, doing the tip of the spear work out generating business. Yeah, that's exactly it. I mean, if you own a business or you're starting a business or a company, you want to be out front building it in areas like payroll, accounting, bookkeeping, and things like that feel like more of a support function. Um, but they're vital to make the business run. Um, and the owner may not have the time or expertise or, frankly, the inclination to spend time on those uh, support functions that can feel mundane sometimes. You know, I think that's exactly it. I think back to when we started NovaPoint Capital uh, and we used what's referred to as lean startup methodology. Uh, this is a process where you, you want to get to market with a validated idea as soon as possible. So all the time of the entrepreneur is spent on products or services as well as focusing on customers and what customers want. Um, my initial time was spent on product offerings and discovering what potential clients wanted from us as a company. And, you know, the big focus was on how to differentiate ourselves and our value proposition. And we initially did that with only two people here at Nova Point Capital. And that meant we really needed to figure out a way to outsource more of those back office functions of the business because we wanted to spend the majority of our time uh, working on our product offering and speaking with clients. Yeah, I mean, hiring an IT person uh, or an HR manager 
and even like an in-house attorney to review contracts would have been great, uh, but that's a lot of payroll and benefits and overhead to carry for a startup um, without a lot of revenue to support it. And so the answer is to build a team of outsourced subject matter experts that can bring their expertise on a, a kind of as needed or project basis um, rather than kind of paying them full time um, when you don't need them 24 seven or, or during all business hours. So there's no idle hands on the payroll. There's no idle hands on the payroll. And those also aren't people that are learning their jobs on our dime. And we didn't have to spend any time or effort to train them. They came with a great depth of experience. Um, the only employees we have at NovaPoint, for example, are ones that generate revenue or perform the core function of the company, which for us is investment management and client advisory for individuals, businesses, institutions, and nonprofit clients. You know, it took time to explore the right outsourcing partners at first, uh, but when we did in the long run, it's a huge time saver. Yeah, and if that makes sense for your business to go about it that way, well, how do you go about it? Um, if you're still in the planning stages of your business, think about what business functions absolutely need to be accomplished and decide which can be done um, in a support function or outsource. In other words, what is your core competency or what's the secret sauce or the value that you're bringing with your company? Um, and then you can look for kind of support to bring in that on an as needed basis um, to execute some of those operational or, or support functions. Depending on your business, areas such as IT, payroll, accounting, law, marketing, and even social media, um, all can be done effectively as an, as an outsource. Um, if your business is already up and running, think about what tasks you perform uh, day to day that could be more efficiently outsourced um, rather than you spending time on that, which takes away from you know, building the business. The goal is to free you up to go out and generate more revenue. Yes, and once you've identified what tasks to outsource, then you need to start building that team. And just like finding any vendor, um, look for ones that come well recommended. Uh, ask other business owners, you know, or ask your friends. Um, if you don't have any recommendations, then don't hesitate to ask for business references from someone you may be considering uh, as an outsourced service provider so that you can investigate if they perform their services well and they're the type of person you can have a good business relationship with. You know, just like adding a permanent employee, you're going to have to live for a while with the person or company that you elect to outsource to. Um, you know, in my business, I personally prefer to work with other business owners. I feel they understand accountability better than an employee at some ginormous company. And I know that I always have a consistent point of contact because I can always reach out to the business owner as opposed to my point of contact, maybe moving on to a different position or moving on to a different company and then having to be assigned someone new and having them get to know my business all over again. I also prefer working with veterans when I can, and it's for that same reason of accountability. Yeah, and today's guest, Brandon Cox, is a great example of that. I mean, he's a business owner and subject matter expert on tax and accounting, which is a critical function and a part of business. I mean, just, just to go into a little deeper about what we talked about and some of the value and knowledge that he provided, you have to have a legal structure, you have to track your money, and you have to pay taxes. Not everyone may understand all the ins and outs of that um, and the options that you have to implement and execute, um, nor can anyone hire 
an internal accountant full time, especially in the early stages of a business. But Brandon showed the expertise beyond simple bookkeeping, but into issues that business owners need to be aware of and be thinking about, such as you know the true cost of an, an employee and, and other items like that. Um, but there are many other high-quality individuals in our veteran community that are experts in various business specialties. We plan to have several of those subject matter experts on future episodes of the Financial Operating Base podcast, so we hope you plan on listening regularly. We've mentioned that the uh, Military Influencer Conference uh, is coming up in D.C. and that Joe and I both will be attending. Many veteran entrepreneurs um, that do some of the business-to-business business services that you may need will be there and are, there are likely to be many more veterans um, than in simply your local area. So we'd encourage you to support your own business and the community um, by making it out there if you can. It, it, collaborating, working with other veterans and veteran entrepreneurs only makes our community stronger. I agree completely. I regularly meet other veteran owned businesses here in Atlanta and across the country. And many are great people in that B2B space that can help make your business stronger, more efficient, and hopefully more profitable. So we'll leave you today with a quote from NBA legend Michael Jordan. Talent wins games, but teamwork and intelligence win championships. Think about that as you work to win, not just the daily short game in your business, but the long game to win your own championship by accomplishing your business goals. We appreciate you listening. Uh, we'll be back next week with our guest, John Coogan, Army veteran and executive director of the Folded Flag Foundation to discuss what it's like to run a veteran-focused nonprofit organization. Thanks for joining us on the Financial Operating Base podcast. We'd love to hear from you, so send us your questions or feedback to financialoperatingbase at gmail.com.